0: I want to preface my podcast by saying there may be emotional triggers. I do talk about sexual abuse, suicide, and domestic violence. I apologize beforehand if any of this bothers you. Choices, chances, changes. The three C's to life. If you don't make a choice to take a chance, your life will never change. Hi there, I'm Dana, and I'm the host of this new podcast, Choices, Chances and Changes, The Three Cs to Life. I'm a small town country girl. I was born the youngest of four children Mm -hmm. until my little sister came along 10 years later. And oh yes, I will share some stories about that. So please stay tuned. I may not have been the best big sister, but I am her biggest cheerleader. I have had my fair share of not so great things happen to me in my life, but for some reason, and I can't tell you why or how, but I knew that I was destined to be better than the things that were happening to me and around me. By all accounts, I should have been an alcoholic, a drug addict, a gambler, or even a sex worker, but I chose to rise above it all and not let that define who I was. I had a choice to take a chance and change my life. First though, I must give credit where credit is due. I had an amazing drama teacher in high school, and he would play Zig Ziglar in the background whenever we had a task to take. I know this is the first time I had ever been exposed or heard a motivational speaker, and man, he spoke volumes to me. I didn't realize this until many years later, that it was actually Zig Ziglar that had planted the seed to the Three C's to life so many years ago. Life is all about choices. And it really is all in how you look at things. The one thing that is constant in life is change. And yet, it's the hardest thing to accept. I'm guilty of this myself. But guess what? You get to decide if you want to make the choice to take a chance and maybe, just maybe, your life will begin to change. Now you can choose to stay in the situation that you're in, which is just fine, or you can choose to move through it. I promise you, moving through it will bring you to bigger and better things. Sometimes, The smallest step in the right direction ends up being the biggest step of your life. Tiptoe if you must, but take that step. Let me ask you, do you ever feel like you're lost and need some direction? Feel like you're on a road to nowhere and looking for your next sign? Or do you wish you could get the full picture of where life is leading you? Yes, I too have felt that same lost feeling and needing direction. When everything feels like an uphill struggle, just think of the view from the top. I was raised with a grandpa and four uncles that were pastors. My faith is very strong, so most of the time I feel very grounded. Not that I can read the Bible like the back of my hand, mind you, but I do have verses that will pop out at me occasionally at just the right time. This one is my all-time favorite. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Which means to me, it's okay to put your trust in a higher power. And it's okay to not understand what you're going through and why. Sometimes God doesn't change your situation because he's trying to change your heart. Now I know this statement is hard to understand. I've been there. When I was born... My mom prayed for a sweet child. She said her prayer came true when the first sound I made was the sweetest coo she had ever heard. From that day forward, and I hear it often. Oh my gosh, Dane, you are so sweet. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like that's a curse. I remember going to the grocery store when I was little and getting to pick out candy at the end of our shopping trip. I always chose M&M's and I would wait until we arrived home before I would open that package. That way, I could share them with my siblings. Yes, so sweet. So tell me, how can this sweet child be so angry on the inside? What you focus on grows. Where is your focus? I remember the day I read the essay my daughter wrote. Her hero was my mom. That felt like a slap in the face to me. The one person who I thought did not deserve to be a hero. You see, when I was seven, I told my dad that my brother, who was four years older than me, was touching me in ways that he should not have been. He got really mad and beat my brother up pretty bad. My mother then turned to me and said, now you will shut up and put up with it. And so I did for the next 10 to 12 years. So how could this woman be my daughter's hero? Maybe I just wasn't good enough for anyone. When it hurts to move on, just remember the pain you felt hanging on. Yes, I have had people tell me, you, will mo- you won't you will amount to anything. You're not lovable. You're not pretty enough. Pull your stomach in so you don't look so fat. You're so stupid. My God, why are you such a dumb fuck? My favorite, from a math teacher. You are so dumb. You will never figure numbers out. Well, guess what? I work with numbers all day long. And yes, some days I do mess up. But you know what? That's okay. That means I'm human. There is more than one way to figure something out. If you truly want to change your life, you must first be willing to change your mind. Growing up, we went to church every Sunday. I would sometimes invite friends to come with me. When I was in confirmation, I invited a particular friend to come with me a few Thursdays after school. She would sit with me while we did the classwork, and then on Sundays she would meet me there as well for Sunday school. I was excited to see her most of the time. My mom, on the other hand, she always had this look about her that said, Why are you friends with all of those lower-class people? We were a prominent family in our community, and she thought I ought to be friends with those that were of the same status. I never was, and honestly, I just felt they accepted me as I was, more so than anyone else. I could be real with them. They were happy to see me, and they always made me feel special. Anyway... One Sunday, when we got to church, my friend was there. She looked like she had slept in her clothes. Her hair looked like she had not brushed or combed it in weeks. And honestly, I was really embarrassed for her. She had her younger siblings with her, and they looked just as bad. I showed her where they could go to Sunday school, and then I never gave it another thought. Many years later, I found out that her dad had come home that night drunk and started beating on her mom and older brother. She grabbed her younger siblings and went to the only place she knew they would be safe. Yes, they had gone to the church. They had slept in those clothes at church. She knew she could go there to be safe. She had heard a message I had missed. She had a direction at least. When would it be my turn? It doesn't matter how deep you fall. What matters is how high you bounce back. I resented everything that my parents stood for. We had this beautiful look on the outside, but behind that front door, it just sucked. I was never good enough for my mom and my dad he had his own issues. He would be crazy happy one moment, and the next he would be really mad. We never knew what would set him off or when it would happen. When I was very young, three or four, and my mom would leave for town and I was to stay behind, my dad didn't want to deal with me, so he would lock me in the closet. Then Periodically, throughout the day, he would come by, stomp his feet, and then yell at the top of his lungs. As he walked by the closet door, Fee, fi, Fo fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he live or be he dead, I will grind his bones to make my bread. Now I know as an adult, This is from Jack and the Beanstalk, but when I was a little girl, that saying was extremely scary for me, and he loved to do that. Why did he have such fun in scaring me? I was just a little girl. I didn't understand. I now know that my dad was manic depressive, and he had this disease long before he was ever diagnosed. These were just the first signs that I ever saw. Another game that he loved to play is what I called playing dead. He would lay in the hallway floor for hours and not move. It was pure torture as a young child to think that your parent had passed away. But he didn't see it that way. He found it a fun game. I remember trying to make the closet a fun place to be. I would read books play with my dolls, and have tea parties. And since I was enthralled with the royal family, I would pretend a lot of times that I was having a tea party with the queen, or sometimes I would just pray. The light was rigged up so I could pull the string when I heard dad coming down the hall, so then the light would shut off and he would think I was sitting in the dark the whole time. I guess I never really thought about it until now, but I don't remember having any food to eat, water to drink, or being let out to go to the bathroom. And yes, I would spend entire days in there. He loved to torment me. He would say some very mean and awful scary things. To this day, I do not like complete darkness or scary shows. What is my direction? You look so much better when you smile. The summer of 1984, between my junior and senior year of high school, I started dating this guy my mom and brother liked him, so I went out with him. He thought that it was cool that all of us kids were out doing the farming tours while dad was in the house sleeping. That's what he wanted too. What he didn't know was that my dad was extremely depressed. His first attempt at suicide had been that summer. I knew he had his down moments, but I did everything I could to build him up, to be happy, to enjoy life. Yes, I will admit, my dad was my hero. Though he could not protect though he could not protect me from my villain but honestly I couldn't tell him about my villain either. I knew what that would cause and I didn't want to be responsible for another beating that my brother would get. So, Since my mom and my brother liked this guy, I should be okay with him, right? Wrong. The night of my 18th birthday, he raped me. I didn't tell anyone. I covered the bruises up with makeup, and I moved on. That was in October. In December, this guy gave me a promise ring. Then around the middle of January, I started getting sick. Morning, noon, and night, at all hours of the day. I couldn't keep anything down. In February, I took that promise ring off and I threw it in the snow. I was so sick. I didn't want anything to do with this guy. By March, I wasn't sure what was up, but my parents kept asking if I'd had a tumor. I really don't remember when the idea came to me that I was pregnant. I was barely 18, and there was no one I could tell, least of all my parents. They would disown me, and then what would I do? I remembered my dad telling my older sisters, if you get pregnant, don't be coming around here. So now, what was I supposed to do? Yes, I will admit, I was naive. But I figured I had enough money in my savings account that I could send my parents on a month-long vacation and I could have this thing behind the barn. I could give it up for adoption and no one would be the wiser. I had seen enough cows give birth. It couldn't be that hard. Now, I finally had a plan. You don't always need a plan. Sometimes you just need to breathe Trust, let go, and see what happens. I told my parents when I was seven months along that I was pregnant. It was my older sisters that finally convinced me to tell them. No, they didn't disown me. They didn't kick me out. They stood beside me. I was actually impressed. They asked me what my plan was, and I told them my thoughts about giving him up for adoption. That idea made my dad very upset. He said, slamming his fist through the kitchen wall, there is no way a grandchild of mine is ever going to be raised by someone else. So his solution? I was to tell everyone that this was my baby brother. Now how is that going to work? I wanted a better life for my child than the one that I had and this was not the solution. One of the happiest moments ever is when you find the courage to let go of what you cannot change. That fall I went off to college. I stayed in the dorm during the week and on the weekends I went home to be a mom. My son Justin, who is now 35, has never seen his father, and his father has never wanted anything to do with him. A strong person is not the one who doesn't cry. A strong person is the one who cries and sheds tears for a moment, then gets up and fights again. While in college, I did what most college kids do. I partied a lot. And since I couldn't do that on the weekends, I did it during the week. This is when I met the father of my other three children. Now, my ex-husband. He was from Chicago and seemed to have a good head on his shoulders. And yes, he liked my son, too, which was a great perk. He was the guy I would call when I was too drunk to drive. He would come and pick me up from wherever I was. We dated for about a year and a half, and I don't remember how, but I do remember that I was five months along before I told him or my parents. This time, I hung on to the guy. My now 33-year-old son, Morgan, was a week old before my ex ever told his family. I am. Two of the most powerful words for what you put behind them shapes your reality. Yes, I am a secret keeper. My oldest daughter came along, and again, no one was supposed to know. We were now living in Chicago. With his parents, with two kids, and trying to save money. Oh my God, what would they think? When I was four months along, my ex's father accidentally opened up a bill that was meant for us. It was the ultrasound bill. Well, guess what? That secret's out. My now 32 year old daughter, Shana, just recently opened her own medical practice. Your positivity can move mountains. What is my next step? Small steps in the right direction can turn out to be the biggest steps of your life. The summer of 1990, I was again pregnant. This time, it was different. We were living on our own, had normal bills like everyone else, and it just seemed like we could never get ahead. When I told my ex that I was pregnant again, he said, Well, you have to get rid of it. We can't afford another one. I looked at him stunned. How could I do that? He said, I don't care. Just do it. So I investigated an open adoption. It was the only way I knew that this child would be cared for, as I would care for it. I prayed every day that God would somehow take this from me, so I wouldn't have to deal with it. I had met with a lawyer, I had things somewhat set up, and on the weekend of Oktoberfest, I started spotting. Nothing too serious, I thought. Still, I called the doctor, and she said... That happens occasionally. Don't worry about it. Call me on Monday. Well, Monday came and my ex left for work. The oldest was getting ready for school and the other two children were eating breakfast. And I, well, I was praying yet again that God would do something. Something that would take care of this. Because I didn't think I could really go through giving this child up. As I already had three, what was one more? He gave me a sign. Oh boy, did he give me a sign. I started bleeding profusely. I called my ex to come home to get me to the hospital and his answer was, I can't leave work. It's not my problem. You need to take care of it. So I called my dad and asked if he could come over to wash the kids. My mom was in college and getting her RN degree, and working third shift, so I knew she couldn't help. I called a friend to take me to the hospital. I went through surgery. I had lost so much blood that I needed a blood transfusion. I almost died on that table. I remember, to this day, those bright lights. They were so beautiful, but from somewhere far, Far away. I heard someone say, I'm not done with her yet. And that was the day I turned my life around. I realized at that moment the three C's of life. Choice, chance, change. You must make the choice to take the chance if you want anything to change two years later i was pregnant again but this time i was not going to let anyone decide for me what was right my youngest child and daughter rachel is a joy to behold she is 28 and each time i see her smiling face I know I made the right decision. Positive thoughts generate positive feelings and attract positive life experiences. I decided that I was going to go back to college when my youngest was three. I was working full-time, going to school full-time, working 20 hours a week doing college work study Student Senate Vice President, Marty Gras Queen, 4.0 GPA, on the Dean's List, raising four children, and yes, still married. You are capable of so much more than you can even imagine. By this time, my dad had attempted to take his life two times. He wasn't doing well. He was not the dad that I had grown up with. He had gone through several bouts of therapy, even shock therapy, and nothing was helping. This is not a proud moment, but I will tell you, I prayed that if he attempted this suicide one more time, please, Lord, take him. I don't want to hate him, and I was starting to feel that way. Note to self. I don't have to take this day all at once, but rather one step, one breath, one moment at a time. I am only one person. Things will get done when they get done. I was at work the day the call came in that the sheriff was en route to my parents' house. The dispatcher said they didn't know anything, but I knew. Sadly, I knew my prayers had been answered, not the way I wanted it to end. I had gotten into an argument with my dad the day before and there was no way I could fix it now. My dad had taken a shotgun that he had promised us could never hurt a human and sent that bullet up through his chin. It was a miracle the gun went off, our pastor said. That spent shell, it was rusted in the barrel of the gun. But I knew, I knew it was because I had prayed for God to do something. And then, then I got angry at my mom. I blamed her for everything. She had to have drove him to this. From the time I was little, she hated the relationship I had with him. She favored my brother over me, and any chance she could, she would do things to hurt me. This had to be her fault. She always made me feel like I was totally worthless, and she was a saint. My children even thought she was the best thing in the world. Nothing I did was ever good enough for her. So I dropped out of college. I couldn't go back. Everything, education was everything for my dad. And now I had no reason to go on to get my degree. Grow through what you go through. Somewhere in my heart and head, I remembered I had a choice to take a chance to change my life. And so, I started the long, slow process. I forgave myself for asking God to take my child, for asking God to take my dad, and I knew I knew I needed to work on my relationship with my mom. She was the only mother I was ever going to have, and God gave her to me for a reason. She has since passed, but I took care of her for 15 years. I taught her my boundaries. I taught her that showing up at my house and walking in without calling was not going to be tolerated. It was hard work, but I did it. I ended up building a great relationship with my mom. I now know that God gave her to me to show me my strength. Yes, we had our differences and that's okay. I know she did the best she could with what she knew to do. I have forgiven her. I am a work in progress though. I am still working on forgiving my brother. And I don't have the best relationship with my children at the moment. But I do have a choice to take a chance and change my life. Look for something positive in each day. Even if some days you have to look a little harder. Let life's challenges make you strong. So when others say to me, you don't understand. I didn't get a choice in this situation. This is just what's been handed to me. I do understand. I so get that. But I'm here to tell you, it's all in how you handle that situation. That is still your choice. It's how you look at it. I try to see the positive in every situation. Yes, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's really hard. But there is always a positive. So am I not lovable? I doubt it. But now I know that is on them and not me. Am I not pretty? Well... I like to think that looks are only skin deep. To me, it's what's on the inside that counts. I try to be kind to everyone. I treat others as I would like to be treated. To me, that is beauty. Now the stomach, well, that's just the way God made me. I have lost a few pounds though, so maybe, maybe I'm on my way. Remember to smile. I choose to use motivational sayings and pictures to move me through whatever situation that I'm in so that I can get to the other side. You can't get to that other side without going through the muck. Yes, I still have my faith, which helps me out a lot. But if you look at my bathroom mirror, my bedroom mirror, my bedroom door, my bathroom door, my phone my Facebook page, my purse, my wallet, my computer screen, or in a file at work that I'm putting off completing, you will see me with motivational sayings. Everywhere I look, I have something to pick me up. Sometimes I make up my own to remind myself to look for the positive in everything. I have a flower that I grew that was deformed, but yet it had a smile on it. There's a picture of a beach that I stayed on with a beautiful heart that I wrote on to remember. In 2013, I took a chance and moved to Las Vegas from Iowa. I did not know anyone. I didn't have a job. However, I did secure a place to live. Now I had promised my four children two things when they were growing up. They would all graduate from the same school and when they all four could stand on their own two feet, I was going to move someplace warm, somewhere with no snow and no cold. And so I took a chance. Best move ever. If you don't start the climb, you don't know how far you can go. In 2016, I finally went back to college. I thought, what if I could do it? What if I could get that degree that had passed me by so many years ago that fall? My first semester back in school, 20 years after my reason for going to school had died, a.k.a. my dad, 30 years after I had graduated high school, I was doing it. What if I can do it? I've learned that millions of people can believe in you. But none of it matters if you don't believe in yourself. She turned her can'ts into cans and her dreams into plans. Your body is a strong machine, but you gotta fuel it with a powerful mind. Don't be pushed by your problems. Be led by your dreams. That fall, my mom got sick. She had her wits about her until the end. She joked with the doctor when he came in. He asked if she'd ever had a heart attack. And she said, yes, the day Trump got elected. Now, if you're a Trump fan, I apologize for that joke. Sadly, my mom passed away that Christmas. The last day we spoke was the first and only day she ever said that she was proud of me. Maybe that was something I should have known. But if you're not told, how are you ever to know? I could have given up. I could have quit school yet again. But this time, this time I had a dream. A dream that I was going to get my degree and I was not going to let anything stop me. I am proud of me. She believed she could And so she did. In the spring of 2019, I was working in a retail shop and a customer came in. He was high on something and became upset with me when I told him he needed to leave. Not once, but twice, one week apart, he attacked me. The first time, he threw a stone through the window at the back of my head. The second time, exactly a week later, he came in again. And this time, he picked up the register and threw it at me. He sprayed me with a can of pepper spray. I swallowed that entire can as I dove to save a coworker, And then, as he went to leave, he found another stone and threw it through the window at the back of my head again. He had more force behind it this time, and the stone broke through the wall. Yes, at times, this still gets the best of me, but I am choosing to take a chance and change my life. July 22nd of this year, I decided it would be okay to try my hand at dating again. It had been several years since I had gone on a date. Unfortunately... I was sexually assaulted. But this time, this time I promised myself that things were going to be different. I am going to fix things. I am choosing to not let it stop me. Single, it isn't a status, but it's a word that describes a person who was strong enough to live and enjoy life without depending on others. I made a promise to myself that I am worth this life. I am here for a reason. If I can help just one person, then I have served my purpose. I am changing my life. I'm excited for what's next, what's to come, and what yet I am to build. I will admit I am a work in progress. I have a beautiful emotional support animal. Her name is Beauty. She is literally the outward version of the inside of me. She is my little girl. I treat her with the love and respect that I should have received myself. She is helping to teach me how I want others to treat me. Beauty is six years old and only weighs six pounds. She's bold, beautiful, and very, very smart. This past Thanksgiving was probably the hardest holiday I have had in a very long time. I'm not sure why. Maybe because I'm working on me Maybe because of this pandemic. Maybe because my children haven't spoken to me in eight years. Yes, when I moved out here, they told me I was being selfish. But was I? I have given them the foundation that they needed to live healthy, productive lives. I believe I did the best I could with what I knew. Maybe it's because I've had to be responsible for everything since I was four years old. I really don't know, but what I do know is that our brain plays crazy games with us. I spent those entire three days in bed. I opened the patio door for beauty to go in and out, and then I slept. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't reach out to anyone. I didn't care. Laying there in bed with pain so severe between my shoulder blades, all because I didn't want to get up. I didn't care. I had promised myself that I was going to cook a small Thanksgiving meal, and I did that. Since keeping my word is the one thing that you can count on me for, I also keep my word to myself. But as soon as I finished eating, I was back in bed. I didn't even clean the kitchen up. I wanted to get out. I wanted to do something. But the desire to do nothing but sleep was so much greater. Finally, that Sunday morning, I got up, showered, put on some makeup, and sat down for my therapy session. She saw right through me. I couldn't hide the depression, though I tried very hard. She suggested that I go out and walk around, go to some small shops and maybe view some Christmas lights. I decided I could try that. I took Beauty, and it was our first outing together with me in a strange funk. Normally, it was her. I put her in her sling, and we walked around a few shops. I didn't know how receptive anyone would be. The first shop I came to... I was hesitant to go in. I just looked from the door. The next shop, I again stood by that door and just looked inside. But this time, the clerk came up and said, come on in. I said, even with her, as I pointed to Beauty. She replied, honestly, we like the pets better than the little kids. I laughed and felt more at ease. The next shop I came to, I stayed and shopped for 45 minutes. Beauty was so good. Everyone that saw her loved how she hung out of her sling so casually. That gave me the acceptance that I needed. Later that week, I decided that it was time to be honest with people and not keep the secrets anymore. I shared on Facebook that I had depression that I had spent that entire weekend in bed, doing absolutely nothing but sleeping. I wanted to put it out into the world that I had depression, that I worried that I would end up like my dad. Now mind you, I have drawn a line in the sand that I will not cross. The reception of that admittance has been shocking beyond belief. People I haven't spoken to in years have reached out to me to help support me it's time to let the secrets out it's okay honestly the truth will set you free or at the very least help you on your path your anxiety is lying to you you are loved and you are going to be okay Don't be ashamed of your story. It will inspire others. From the first part of November until the end of January, I was in severe pain. It would start in my wrist and fingers on one hand and last for about three to five days. And then travel to the other for another three to five days. Then it would travel to my shoulders, hips, and feet. The pain, it was very similar to having your foot fall asleep, but in this case it stays with you 24-7. There was no break. I had been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis about 15 years ago but I somehow had managed to put it in remission. It was now flaring its ugly head once more, and I couldn't do anything to stop it. I ended up in the emergency room three times. One time I was told by the emergency room doctor, just so you know, no one has ever died from pain. I chuckled and said, no, it's what that pain causes that kills them. Finally, since I couldn't get in to see a rheumatologist for another 10 months out here, I decided to go to the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix, Arizona. It truly was a godsend to have a doctor look at me and not think I was going crazy. He put me on a medication that has helped me. But I am a strong believer that stress can set off a string of medical issues. And with everything that has been happening this past year, to me and around me, I am certain that the stress of all of this has caused my rheumatoid arthritis to flare back up. I want to be a motivational speaker. I want everyone to know that they have a choice in how they react to whatever situation they're in. I need to get that word out. That's why I am starting the Three C's to Life podcast. It's time to talk about the things that have happened. I don't like to journal, so this is my way of journaling. My hope in doing these podcasts is that I can help someone make a choice to take a chance and possibly change their life, or at the very least, their way of thinking. Mirror, mirror on the wall, I'll always get up after I fall. And whether I run, walk, or have to crawl, I'll set my goals and I will achieve them all. I am and always will be a work in progress. The best is yet to come. Four things I want to leave you with. Remember to relax. You are enough. You do enough. Breathe extra deep. Let go. And just live right now in this moment. There will always be people who will treat you wrong. Be sure to thank them for making you strong. Falling down is an accident, but staying down is a choice. I have a choice to take a chance and change my life, and so do you. Thank you feel free to reach out to me via email at three cs to life pod at gmail dot com that's the number three the letter c the letter s the number two life l i f e p o d at gmail.